The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. It's time to blow the trumpet in Zion. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress, brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel with Pastor Ray Greenlee. I will not. I will not walk in fear. I have set my face like flint. I will believe the word of the Lord. I will not listen to my feelings. I will not allow circumstances to control me. I will not. Walk in the natural inclination of my flesh. I will not. Well, what will I do? I will trust Jesus. Now, if if you're saying the same thing as I'm saying, then you're going to have to walk it and do it. The whole National Prayer Chapel began many years ago around the simple question, can I trust God to intervene in time and space and history to answer my prayers? Can I, by prayer, Can I access the blood of Jesus Christ to change the circumstances of life? Can Jesus, by his precious blood, by the atonement, can he, by that, incredible demonstration of love. Reach out and change your physical reality. Can he bring that job? Can he break that deadlock? Can he arrange the circumstances of your life so that they are in accord with his will versus the will of the power of darkness that wants to destroy you, that wants you to live in fear, cowering, wants to make you angry. Can God, by the power of the atonement, Step into your circumstances and transform what's going on there. There are several passages of Scripture we need to look at today. The first one is in James, the first chapter. Let me read this for you. I'll begin reading with verse 16. And I'm using a translation that I've learned to love. It's the Lavender New Testament. It is a very literal translation by a wonderful, godly Christian scholar. You must not be deceived, my beloved brethren, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation. The scriptures teach very clearly here and in many other portions of scripture that God is the one who gives to us good gifts 
Good gifts do not come to you by chance. The problems that are resolved are not by chance. They are by the power of Almighty God. Now, we need to be very, very clear about this. There is no God but Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the triune God. They are one God who are expressed in three persons, but we worship only one God, and he is the immutable God of heaven and earth. He is the creator God. He is not the Mesopotamian God called Allah. That is not the God of the Christian church. Allah is a pagan God. He is a God of utter darkness, as is demonstrated repeatedly by the fruit of this God. Look at the culture of the nations who worship Allah, and look at the culture of America when it was righteous and serving the living God of heaven. There is no comparison. Look at the culture of India. Look at the culture of China. You see totally different perspectives on reality. Now, I quickly confess to you that when you stop believing in this God of heaven, you will believe anything, as Chesterton said. And the reality, the truth, is that Europe has become a wasteland. Europe has become an utter wasteland. They are a nation or nations of death. America is becoming the same. It seems that every American wants to rush forward and lay their hand on the gate of hell just so they can touch the direction of death because they seem to love death. The vampires, the demonic... Rowling's books on witchcraft that many Christians have fed to their children because they're entertaining stories. They're witchcraft, they're death. They're ugly. They're filled with filth. And so this this wonderful nation of good people, of godliness, of righteousness, of holiness, has been sold out. And we have abandoned the God of heaven. But let's be very clear. The God of heaven and earth, the creator God, Jesus Christ, he is the creator God. Look at the Gospel of John, the first chapter, look at Hebrews, the first chapter, look at Colossians, the first chapter. They all say the same, that Jesus Christ was, in Genesis 1-1, the God who created. He is the creator God, Jesus the Christ. He is immutable. In the Scripture it says, whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. This Jesus is self-sustaining and self-sufficient. He is beyond anything we can comprehend in strength, in knowledge, in holiness, he doesn't change. He is the same. He was not created. 
He is God. And he is kind. He is merciful. He is good. He does not advocate any form of wickedness. Does he pass judgment? Yes, he does. For the sake of righteousness, for innocence. Now the question comes, is this God trustworthy? Can you trust the word of the living God? Will he answer your prayer? I'm not going to get in depth into all of the requirements that must be met for answered prayer, but certainly the key requirement for prayer to be answered is that you must repent of your sin and you must seek him with all of your heart. And if you seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. But I want to share a passage of Scripture that has shaped much of my journey. In Isaiah 50, if we look particularly at verse 4, listen to what it says. The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. That's how I awaken every morning. I awaken every morning to run to the prayer closet, to seek his face, to be instructed in the duties of my day, Verse 5, the sovereign Lord has opened my ears and I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Obviously, Isaiah 50 is a prophecy concerning our Lord Jesus, the one and only Son of the living God, who chose to reveal himself as Jesus among us because he wanted to make atonement for our sin. He did not come and make atonement so that we could live in our fear, live angry, live hostile lives one to another, bite one another. I have a person in my life who's caused me a a great deal of sorrow in recent months. And many times I've wanted to speak out to this person in anger. And the Holy Spirit keeps saying to me, Do not bite them. And I know exactly what he means. Do not let your anger rise up against them. I am in the process, he said, of saving their soul. And your anger will not serve me well. Do not bite them. The word describing the attitude of Jesus when he was facing the cross. Verse 7, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. Oh, he was shamed on the cross. He was hung high and wide, naked, beaten. His countenance didn't look like a man. 
bloodied to a pulp. But today he sits in glory, our Lord. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? It is the sovereign Lord who helps me. And then we come to a couple of verses that have just literally shaped my heart and my life. Now, please, I don't come to this radio broadcast to talk philosophically or theologically to you. I come to speak very specifically to you about the practical issues of life. It's my desire that you come and walk as I'm walking, refusing to let fear rule your life, refusing to be a prisoner of darkness, refusing to in any manner allow the devil to steal from you. I want only what Jesus will give to me. This morning as I awakened, I was semi-conscious in the early hours before daylight. And I woke, and in my heart these words were going around and around and around. And the words were, Jesus, you will work it all out. Jesus, you will work it all out. Jesus, you will work it all out. And I woke up and began to laugh with joy, knowing that Jesus is working it all out. I trust him. I trust his word, his rhema word that he has breathed to me. And he spoke into my soul and he said, I will work it all out. Now, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 40. Be still and know that I am God. Now listen to these these passages that have shaped the course of my life in walking with Jesus and in my everyday interchange with people. It opens with a question, Isaiah 50, verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord? Stop. Do you fear the Lord? If you do not fear the Lord, you cannot love the Lord. For fear produces love. He's speaking here of, do you respect the Lord? Do you hold in adoration the Lord? Or... Do you fear joblessness? Do you fear the criticism of others? Do you fear that you will not have your way? Or do you fear the Lord? If you fear the loss of your job, you will not fear the Lord. You will go do whatever you have to do to collect the money to pay the bills to buy your lifestyle. Now there comes a question. Pastor, do I just do nothing? Do I just do nothing? No, you do something. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the royal authority of God over your life and seek my 
righteousness, he says, the righteousness of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you, the things that pagans run after, like food money, car, house, clothing. So if you fear the Lord, you're not going to be spending your time and energy running after what the world goes after. Well, pastor, does that mean I don't do do anything? Do I just sit in my house? No. With your whole heart, you seek the royal authority of God to be exercised over your life. You seek his will. You pray. You cry aloud to God and you ask him to show you his will. And you wait for a clear rhema word from God about what you should be doing. And then when that rhema word comes, you do it with all of your heart and all of your soul. Now, for 40 years, I've been crying out in Washington, D.C. for revival. I know that revival is not going to come by my taking ten or $15,000 and announcing a big program and announcing that, that we're going to hold a psalm assembly at some great hall. I know that's not what will bring revival to America. I know it's prayer closet time. I know it's God's power. I know it's men and women who are seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So do I do nothing? Oh, no. I expend my energy every day doing exactly what the rhema word of God has said that I'm to do. I am to come and do this radio broadcast I am to lead a prayer session every Tuesday evening. I'm to preach at the National Prayer Chapel on every Sunday afternoon. I'm to lead a prayer group in my home every Friday evening. I am to visit with people by telephone and in their homes. I am to seek Jesus. I am to give hours each day to prayer and meditation and reading of the word. I'm doing exactly what Jesus has told me to do as I wait for him to do for me what he told me he would do 40 years ago. Well, what do you do, pastor, if you don't have a job? And you have to have one. Well, I'll tell you what I did when I was drawn out of the ministry of the gospel and for seven years had no public ministry. I'll tell you exactly what I did. I went through all of my savings. I went through all of my retirement. I went through all of my assets until I had nothing done, nothing left. Is that required of you? Not necessarily. That's what happened to me. But what I did was I said, okay, my work is prayer. And so I'm going to go into my prayer closet and the same amount of hours that I would normally work every day, I am now dedicating to prayer. And so I spent that time pleading before God And finally, when I was out of everything, the Lord answered. Not only did he answer me, but he provided the resources necessary to do what he told me to do. God always pays for what he orders. So today, if you're out of a job, and you're an honest Christian, and you fear the Lord, and you obey the word of his servant, who is Jesus, 
then you need to stop human effort. And you need to get in that prayer closet and deal one-on-one with God and seek the authority of the kingdom of God over your life and seek the righteousness of God in your life. You need to repent of every place where you have depended on the flesh. You need to repent of every area where you have had bitterness or anger against another person. You need to make restitution in as far as possible to every person you have wronged. You need then to utterly release your life completely and totally into the hands of Almighty God. And now you are totally dependent upon Jesus for what he wants to open before you. And he will grant you the next assignment. You understand, Christians do not work for money. Christians recognize that a job is a place of Christian service. And they go there as humble servants doing the finest, most excellent job they can possibly do. Not for money, but in service to Jesus Christ. And in that place, they trust the immutable, unchangeable God of heaven to not only supply their food and their water, but everything else that is necessary for their life. And they walk humbly before God. Now, one man said to me, as it says later, we'll get to it in the book of James, show me your faith and I'll show you my works. Faith and works go together, but they both must be based solely on the rhema word of God, or they are simply actions of the flesh. God does not help those who help themselves. God helps those who are totally dependent upon him and who are willing to obey and do whatever he asks them to do, regardless of how humbling it might be. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant, Jesus? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. There are times... And in fact, I am in one of those times right now when I am walking totally in the dark. I'm not walking in sin. By the darkness, this passage of Scripture means there is no light to show me what God is doing. There is nothing in the physical realm to tell me that God is acting but I obey Jesus' word to me. So I do not have any light. I can't see what he's doing. But I have made a determination in my heart that I will trust him. I will not walk in fear. I will not try to work out my own situation. I am keeping my hands totally off I have utterly let go of this situation in my life. I cannot redeem it. I cannot rescue it. But I am spending that hour of prayer regarding this situation every day. Could you not wait and watch one hour, Jesus said to his disciples. Yes, I can wait and watch for one hour. I am doing that faithfully. Can I see the changes happening? (laughs) No. Do I know that something is happening? Yes. Do I know what the outcome is going to be? Yes. For Jesus has told me what the outcome will be. 
Now, this is just one of many situations I'm facing in my life. I know that the day will come when the Lord God of heaven is going to open national radio for Pilgrim's Progress. Now, am I trying to make that happen? No, I'm not. Am I praying about it? Yes, I am. Am I fearful? No, I'm not. Is it important that this message of holiness go out over this nation of utmost importance? It must happen. America must be confronted with its ungodliness. It must be called to Jesus. It must take up the cross once again if it is to be redeemed from destruction. Am I concerned? Yes, to the point of weeping. I have no light. I don't know when national radio will open. I don't know how. I can't manipulate the circumstances. I can't make it happen. I don't know when relationships are going to change. I can't make that happen. And the Lord has simply said to me, Be still. Know that I am God. Are you willing to put your life and your circumstances into the hand of God? And are you willing to wait before him for a rhema word so that you can stand by faith and do precisely what he calls you to do? Are you willing to do that? Now, this is a a question that's right there in your face, as it is in mine. It is a question of whether I believe God helps those who help themselves, which I do not believe. I believe that God lets those who help themselves continue to help themselves, and they lie down in torment in the end. My life experience, let me say that again, my life experience of over 40 years in ministry and my understanding of the Word of God is that Jesus will step into time and space and history and by his power change the circumstances of your life. But you have to give up the gods you are serving that you fear. You have to be willing to give up your money. Some of you call yourselves Christians, but you worship at the altar of your money. One man has left his precious family and has gone to Afghanistan for like the third or fourth round because he thinks his government retirement check is not large enough from the military, so now he works for a contractor and I see this man's wife out trying to mow the grass in their yard, out trying to take care of things that he as the man should be home taking care of, but he's not. He's off in Afghanistan because he sees how much money he needs so that he can retire and be the pastor that he believes God has called him to. He'll never be a pastor. He'll be passed by. Why? Because he worships the God money, and he thinks that he's going to provide for himself, and that God will not provide for him. What would you think if I came and said, look, I can't do 
Pilgrim's Progress Radio. I can't do the National Prayer Chapel. I can't, I can't, I can't because I don't have any money. And so I've got to go get a job and earn enough money so that I can support what I believe I'm supposed to be doing. No, God pays for what he orders. The Lord sustains me. The Lord carries me. I don't carry myself. Now, some of you may be very confused by what I'm saying because Confusion is much easier than obedience. And you can squirm all you want, but at some point you have to finally and squarely face the question, will I or will I not trust Jesus Christ? If you can trust him with your eternal salvation, can you not trust him for a crust of bread today? This passage of Scripture goes on. Verse 11, this is Isaiah 50, verse 11. But now all of you who, in the King James Version, says kindle. In the NIV it says light, fires. In other words, all of you who create your own light, you turn on your own, your own flashlights so that you can see your path. You provide yourselves with with flaming torches. This is not what God has given you. You're you're lighting your own path. You're you're looking for your own job opportunity. You're there saying, I have to do it because I can't trust Jesus. I can trust Jesus to be sentimental with me, but I can't trust him in the reality of money. I have to go make the money. Thank you very much. Are you kidding me? The scripture says, go, walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you've set ablaze. And this is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Chapter 51 just continues right on. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut, to the quarry from which you were hewn. Don't look to your own strength or your own ability. Don't look to your own wisdom. Some of you are in very dire situations today. You don't know which way to turn. You couldn't sleep very well last night. I can tell you last night I went to sleep and I didn't wake up until six o'clock this morning. I was just gone. A peaceful, peaceful rest, undisturbed. Why do I have weight pressing upon me, crushing me? Yes, I do. Do I have circumstances surrounding me that are very threatening to me? Yes, I do. Do I have things of momentous import that must be resolved in my life? Yes, I do. My eyes are on Jesus. He has spoken to me and said, I will work it all out. And then later he came and spoke again and confirmed it in a miraculous way. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, meaning desist, stop, let it go. Don't do anything, wait. Trust. Be still. Know that I'm God. And and I'm going to confess something to you, please. I don't like it, but I'll confess it. Some of these issues that are facing me, one in particular, 
it took me a couple of weeks to finally catch on that God really meant be still. Surely, Lord, you need me to reach out and try to touch and change. No, I don't, Ray. Be still. Stop it. It took me a while to get it. I'm I'm not the swiftest. I'm not the smartest. In fact, I'm not smart at all. I'm slow. I confess I did not want to let go because to let go in my human understanding means all is lost. It's hopeless. It's over. Give up. But when Jesus says, be still, he's not saying, give up hope. He's saying, get your hands off it. Let me do it. Let me touch it. Let me change what's happening here. So this morning I woke up finally having come through rejoicing Jesus you will work it all out out of my subconscious mind I'm saying Jesus you will work it all out that tells me that it's soaked deep down into my heart Jesus will work it all out now please I'm not being a Pollyanna. I have suffered great loss in my life. I have been scorned and ridiculed by friends and family for the stand I've taken for righteousness. I have been cut off by organizations because of my stand for righteousness. I have been fired from a church because I stood for righteousness. I understand the price that must be paid for choosing to trust in Jesus Christ. I lost my precious wife the love of my heart. I held her in my arms as she took her last breath. Oh, I know what it is to suffer, and I know what it is to have loss and destruction in my life. I've moved way more than 40 times in my life. I know what it is to be constantly uprooted. But all of those tragedies and all of those persecutions and all of those very painful circumstances of rejection and cutting away and cutting off have only made my heart tender toward Jesus and toward you. They have made my heart soft and tender, trusting in Jesus. You know what? I think we have time for a song. Mr. Producer, are you there? There's that song, We've Come This Far by Faith. Would you play that? Never fail to 
this far by faith there's another song that i hope we have time to to listen to mr producer that i don't know the official title of the song but the one with the red sea parting yes do we have time to play that Good, let's do it. Dark waters lay before them, dark forces came behind. To the left and right, the desert brought panic to their minds. The evil of that hour was stronger than the sun. That beat on them with nowhere left to run. The chariots of Egypt drew nearer as they cried. Yet Moses stood there calmly with a fearless faith inside. He said there is a power far greater than the sword. Stand still and you will witness a mighty salvation from our Lord. told its finest lies, making all the darker pleasures so pleasant to my eyes. I knew a lack of praise had led 
me to that hour Standing there surrounded by sin power Yet the terror of those moments began to fade away As my heart recalled God's mercies are all new every day And my spirit took its armor As my lips took up the sword darkness, a mighty salvation from our Lord. And in my misery and now there is a way to enter and rejoicing. A child of Israel at my own Red Sea. child of Israel and my own Thank you for listening today. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you all. I love you. I will not fear. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of his glory with great joy, with great joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with